It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Hey, you have about an hour head start before they come after you. Do you remember what I told you on the beach? The day of the crash. Do you remember what story I told you when you were stitching me up? Do you remember it? Yes, yes, I remember. When you get safe, you radio me and you tell me that story. Jack, please. If I don't get a call from you in the next hour, I'm gonna know something went wrong and he dies! Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue our journey deeper into the third season of the series. I am one of your hosts, Ben Beck. And I'm Monica. (laughs) Way to go. Nice. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Yeah. When she said Monica, I'm like, oh, Nathan Fillion's Chandler. That's nice. Yes, I thought about that too. I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Never. Never, never. Always. But who are you really? Oh, I'm Kristen. Hi. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm a fugitive. Um Yeah. It's uh we missed another week last week, but it's okay. It's um, you know. As they say in life, shit happens. Yeah, and you know we we like to give you guys a chance to miss us. I look at it as in uh, at the end of this episode when it first aired, we had to wait four months for the new episode to come back. That's right. Uh, so we gave you that same kind of anticipation just an episode early. <laughs> just yeah, right. We jumped the gun. We jumped the gun a little bit. It's we should fine. have done it at the end of this episode. But that would have right. been hilarious. Yeah. After but, this episode, we're not coming back till January, people. <laughs> <laughs> but what episode are we talking about? We're talking about episode six of season three. I do. In, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, This, again, is the episode that I've made mention of multiple times throughout the course of this podcast that I love to hate because it was affected by the writer's strike. It was the first time the show gave us a fall finale uh, because the writers had to. They had to kind of write the story to a point uh, to give us an ending because they knew they weren't coming back for a while. You know, the writer's strike had taken effect. And unfortunately, you know, some people were saying, well, you know, it's a writer's strike. Why can't they still shoot? Well, because writers are still on set to make changes. And without writers on set, you can't shoot a show. Uh, So 
that's why we got the little bit of a break from the series. And, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, Kristen, you've mentioned before that this, the writer's strike had an effect on so many shows, including shows like prison break and, and such. It just, it wreaked havoc on Hollywood for a while. Yeah. Prison break was, I just remember prison break being a really big one for me. Um, because it was like, it was just like probably w- with lost, um, I think that there was an episode that was just as intense. Um, and then you just kind of sat there going, because uh, Prison Break was my favorite show at the time. At that year, in that moment, Prison Break was was it. That's what I talked about all the time. I loved Prison Break so much. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I, go ahead. You know, well, I was just going to say, you know, because the, the writer's strike had effect on so many shows in – mostly negative there was one or two positives but you know shows like um i don't know if you remember the the brian fuller show pushing daisies uh you know, with Kristen chenoweth and lee pace but um that show ended up getting canceled because of the writer's strike uh heroes took a deep dive into the later seasons because of the writer's strike <clears throat> yeah heroes was pretty bad but you know the only positive i know that came out of it uh was we got dr horrible sing-along blog because of it, um, which I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was a, a short film, like 45 minutes that um, that starred uh, Felicia Day, Na- uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion, who oddly enough is in this episode. I was so happy to see him. <laughs> Me too. I, I love Nathan Fillion so much. Mm-hmm. I was you know, so. I was so happy to see him. I was like, yay, Nathan Fillion. I think he's funny, too. <laughs> Even in this episode, he's great. I mean, and I don't know if you watch the. Ro- I know, actually, I know the. I already know the answer to this: that you don't watch the rookie. I do not. Um, and I know your reasons behind it because of the whole guy in a midlife crisis thing. But uh, let me tell you, the show is fantastic. Well, I'm sure it is it's, now. I'm sure that they've gotten past that trope. Uh yeah, they they really have. Like now, he's just a. Now he's older, just a cop. He's just a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Which is how you know, it should have been from the beginning. He's still a rookie in the sense that he's still one of the newest cops on the force. Um, but they've kind of, you're right, they've kind of shaken the whole, uh, like, I'm going through a midlife crisis, so I'm going to become a cop kind of thing. Now he's he's just a cop, and the show is fantastic. Well, 40 is the new 30. True. We only say that because that's the age that we're approaching. <laughs> yeah. We're all staring down. The two of us are staring down the barrel of 40 pretty hard. <laughs> me me sooner than you, but yep. yes. Um, yeah. Mine is coming up in less than three months. So no, less than two less months. Less than three Shit. months. Yeah. When is your birthday? I know it to be in November, my friend. <laughs> it is less than two months. I'm staring down that barrel. But um, I am... Uh, giving up my 40th birthday to raise money for charity. So, uh, and you know what? I'll, I'll give some more information about that at the end too. If anybody wants to, wants to, to donate. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. But let's talk about the episode. Yeah, man. Uh, again, the episode I love to hate, but we'll get to that, uh, as we get closer to the end, as always, I'll kick it over to you. Where do you want to start? I want to start by telling people that if this is your first time listening to us, we kind of go into this with the understanding that oh, you know that it's yes. a rewatch. So we we do talk about spoilers and we will probably talk about some bigger picture things because uh, there was uh, a big kind of information bomb dropped 
towards the end of the episode. Uh, Big that name drop, too. Right. That I think that we're probably going to end yeah. up talking about at length. So with that, I would like to start with, let's see. Well, it was going to be with Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> But well, I, I mean, want- we can we can kick off with that scene if you want, because that scene was like the, you know, it, the writers were great and they led you to believe that this is Kate on the run again. And, you know, you, we get her opening the door to, hey, want to get it on? Like, that's a great way to start an episode. Yeah, I loved. you know, I loved the whole flashback. Now, I had problems making the connection Um between the flashback and what was going on in this episode, just because was there I, one? Well, the only con- I've I've thought about this. Um, the only connection I could possibly make was that um, Kate, I don't think, really understands what love is. Um, or maybe she does. Maybe she she does understand what love is. Um, you know. She doesn't think that maybe she doesn't think that she's worthy of love. I'm thinking out loud at this point, so I'm going to change my <laughs> mind a lot. Maybe what it is, I know uh, that she doesn't <laughs> think that she's worthy of love because she had a really good thing going and an opportunity to be rid of the U.S. Marshal um, with her marriage to Kevin. And I really think that if she had come clean to him, that that it could have worked out. Um, maybe, you know, we didn't get enough of Kevin to really know what his reaction would have been, but it was very clear that he loves her, um, very much. And then on the same, uh, in the same thread, you know, you look at Kate and Kate would have done anything to save Sawyer's life. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, what do you think? Um, I agree with you in that. I, I agree with you in the fact that I think Kate feels she doesn't deserve love. Um, see, you you mentioned at the you mentioned at the top that you you liked the flashbacks, and I'm not saying I I didn't like the flashback, but I couldn't find a connection between the flashbacks and the episode, and I kind of thought that that there was a part of me that kind of felt like these the flashbacks at Kate this episode were basically tying up loose ends of mentions of her past that we've gotten before. Um, you know, we we've gotten mentioned from Kate in previous episodes, how she said it, she was married once, but it didn't last too long. Um, so, you know, this was, this was a good indication of that. This was basically that marriage that we got because I, 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 I again, I couldn't find the connection between what was going on and, going on in the flashback and what was going on in the episode. Um, I, I'm, that's not to say I hated it. I just didn't feel where it fit. Yeah. I'm starting to ramble a little bit. No, but. no, no, no. I completely agree with you. I, I, I like the flashback, but you know, I've really enjoyed how the flashbacks fit with the current narrative of what is being experienced on the Island. So, you know, when when there's a disconnect, which I think this season there's been more of a disconnect uh, than in seasons one and two between the flashbacks and what's going on. I think that we've had to work harder to find the connections. Um, 
so this is I probably one of those examples of where we don't really get an answer as to why we're being shown this aspect of Kate. Oh, the other one was the um, <clears throat> she mentioned in a previous episode how she took a pregnancy test. And then this is the time that we actually see her take the pregnancy test. So I, I kind of felt like this was Do you just think she wanted to be pregnant? Like that would have made her stay or something? No, I think the pregnancy test is what scared her into realizing she doesn't deserve it. Oh, I think, nice. I think she I think if she if that pregnancy t- test turned out to be positive, she would have I think she would have been happy about it, but I think she would have felt even I think it made her realize when she wasn't pregnant that if she was, she would have been this was it. Like this she wasn't going to run and she could really and she was going to be tr- I guess maybe trapped isn't the right word. Um, because she obviously, after she wasn't pregnant, she escaped. She got out of there. She went on the run again because I think she felt like she did love Kevin and she didn't want to hurt him any more than she already would have to at this point. But we do have to be reminded, we do have to remind ourselves that uh, Kate has admitted to killing the only man she ever loved. That's true. Yeah, and that admission came while she was on the island. So you're right. Maybe she didn't really love Kevin. Or or she had an idea that she thought she did and then didn't. And maybe she didn't really love um, the doctor whose name is escaping me now. The one that. Well, no, I thought that was the one that she I thought that was the one that she killed. Right. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you mean maybe when she says she killed the only man she ever loved, that's not true either? Yeah. Because we all have ideas of who we loved when we were younger with our younger brains, with our younger definition of love, right? I mean, I could think about my high school boyfriend and I was convinced we were going to spend the rest of our lives together at that at that moment and i look back on that relationship fondly but did i love him i don't know i was you know 16 years old well i think the i think our i think and and this is kind of <laughs> i'm going into a little profound realization um i think our just like a relationship changes and adapts i think our idea of love changes and adapts too I think what we have as an idea of love in high school is completely different than what we have as an idea from, you know, when we're grown adults and, you know, we can be married. I think there are, you know, I I think there's a good shot. Maybe you did love your high school boyfriend at the time, but what you believe to be love then is completely different than now. It doesn't change the fact that it was still love. It was just a different form. So there, yeah, of course it does. Um, So there is an article um, on the wiki of a fan that reviewed uh, Kate's choices and, and and love. And there's a paragraph that I think that is actually really um, interesting. Okay. Uh, and it says, before Kate can make, a, and, and it's all about Kate's choices. It's titled Kate's Choices. Uh, so if you want to look it up, that's what it's titled. It's very interesting. But uh, towards the end of the article, it does say, before Kate can make a lasting choice, she needs free will, like the others profess to believe in, but give her little chance to exercise. Sawyer won this round by default. He became more of a consolation prize for being stuck in the Alcatraz than her long-term choice. Jack didn't give Kate a real choice to 
stay or run, but her options were limited. If she stayed, Ben died, and Sawyer would most likely be killed in retribution. If she left, Sawyer remained behind, as did Jack, and Jack seemed determined to fly solo back to the U.S. So if you look at Kate's lack of free will on the island to make her own choices, and then you look at the fact that she was in a marriage um, and she was caught between this man that she had married and a U.S. marshal that seemed determined to catch her. Has Kate ever had free will to make her own decisions? Maybe the last decision that she ever got to make of her own choosing was to blow up her father. And that removed the free will that she, and that removed her having any chance of free will again. Right. And maybe what it is, is it's not the link of Kate and love and boys, but it's Kate's inability to have the freedom to decide what she really wants and to make her own choices. That's interesting. Yeah. I never looked at it in that way because you're right. I mean, you look between Kevin and the, and the, the, the Marshall, you're right. If she stays with Kevin, then she, she has happiness, but for how long of a time before she's caught, and she destroys his life as well as the life of a possible future child. Mm -hmm. And then or she goes back on the run again because of the marshal and she hurts Kevin anyway. Um, you know, even if she had a choice, nobody ends up not being hurt. And right. You're right. It's because of the lack of free will. You're right. I, I think that's a good that's a good point. I think Kate, even on the island now. As you mentioned with, you know, with Jack and Ben and Sawyer, you're right. She she really has no free will anymore. It's been stripped from her. Well, she's been used as a pawn in this game between Jack and Ben now, too. True. I find it interesting, too. I mean, this is kind of going on and, and going off a little bit differently. But, you know, when Alex runs into the camp with, um, you know, with the slingshot and the rocks and she says they're going to kill your boyfriend, she immediately looks to Sawyer. Uh, is that just because Sawyer was there or is that because she feels a bigger connection to Sawyer at this point than she does anybody else? Or is it that um, who said we're going to kill your boyfriend, Danny? No, Alex. Alex says, you know, you need to run because they're going to kill your boyfriend like they killed mine. Because she's she's running in there looking for. Um, That's right. So. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Charlie. No, no, Kyle. <laughs> Is it Kyle? I don't know. I'm I can't remember. I'm but Carson. Yeah. I'm just saying names now. <laughs> Chucky. Carl. Carl. It's Carl. That's it. That's it. Yes. I knew I'd get there. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky helped. <laughs> but I mean, you know, is she is Kate looking to Sawyer because you know, that's just who she thinks Alex is referring to, or is she looking at Sawyer because when she hears that word, that's who she has a bigger connection with. Or is it that she looks at Sawyer because she's nervous that maybe Sawyer thinks that Alex is talking about Jack? Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I do not know. I don't know. Anyways, um, what, what, um, what is your point? Well, I want to go a little bit into... Let me see. Um, so we talked we talked a little bit about the, the Sawyer. Oh, well, no, we didn't talk about that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Kate flashbacks. And I think we've kind of covered a lot of what that is. Mm -hmm. Because there's really, again, there's not much of a connection between that. 
Um, no, no, we discovered it. We're geniuses. It's free will. Oh, that's it. That's it. You are absolutely right. Sorry. Um, thank you. Well, thank I you, mean, Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, one, we talk a little bit about like the overarching themes of episodes and the themes that play out over the course of an episode. And I had a big realization that not not really a realization, but a huge question that was pondered to myself in my in my head. And I'm going to pose it to you. Oh. We we see a constant change in the balance of power in this episode. In the beginning of the episode, we see Jack going over Ben's x-rays saying, you know, like you needed to be in surgery yesterday. Uh, you know, it's, it's border The tumor is borderline inoperable. And, you know, Ben assuming that means Jack's going to do it. And Jack's like, no, no, I just wanted to tell you how you're going to die. This is a point where Jack, I think kind of feels like he's gotten some of his power back. Like he, he holds Ben's life in his hands and this is, he's going to take control of the situation, which he does. And then he's given a startling realization where they bring Kate in and, you know, it's made clear to Jack that you don't have a choice. You do it or they die. He's had his power stripped away from him again. And then we get to the end of the episode with the surgery and Jack doing what he does kind of restores Jack's power because he holds, he once again holds Ben's life in his hands and he has an opportunity to use it to get Kate and Sawyer out of there. Here's the question I pondered in rewatching this episode and overanalyzing yet again. Is this a shift of power back to Jack or is this another opportunity where Ben is willing to put his own life on the line to further break Jack? Because we do know that by the end of this, with with Kate and Sawyer escaping and Ben saving and Jack saving Ben's life, that Ben kind of for a short period of time becomes one of them. He becomes an other. He he lives with them. He's free. Like we see a scene with him playing football with Mr. Friendly. Like he he has kind of given himself to the others in this action. Is this something that you think Ben kind of knew all along was going to happen? Or do you think this is really Jack getting the power back? Because there's a part of me that thinks with Ben and as brilliant as he is and nefarious as he is, and we saw how much he was willing to give his own physical being by becoming a prisoner. He was how far he was willing to go. Is this yet another example of how far he's willing to go to break Jack? Hmm. I, Honestly, I would argue that it was how far is Ben willing to go to save his own life? I think that could be it, too. Maybe you know, a combination of both. If you're going to die anyways, you might as well go through all the motions of trying to get the doctor to the you know Hydra Island. Um, you know, Jack becoming one of the others for a little bit, I think that that was somebody in an impossible situation, uh, trying to make the best of it while he had to monitor Ben, or he thought he was going to leave the island and fly back, you know, to the United States, which, which brings me to saying, you know, when Ben promised that he could leave the island, 
Jack doesn't know he's on another island. So Ben is like, yeah, you can leave this island. Sure, I don't care. Go back to your other island. Oh, I never thought of that. That that could have been a ploy just to get him off one island back to the other. Right. Like if he could have put him back on the other island and said, I never promised to get you home. Right. I just promised to get you off this island. Right. Oh, I never thought of that. That makes him even more evil. Yeah. He's dead. If that were the case. He's still my favorite character. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that that's okay. Change. You know what? We all like the Joker from Batman Returns or the Dark Knight, whatever it's called. The Dark Knight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Wow. I never thought of that. And that just makes him even more nefarious and evil. And even more of a con man, which I yeah. love. <laughs> that just adds so much more intrigue to his character. I love it. So, so, yeah, I, don't, so I don't know. I, like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that it had anything to do with... I, I do agree that this whole episode is a power struggle and it's a power struggle for everybody. I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at the whole Jack, Ben, Juliet dynamic. And I mean, even Juliet was in there and she was kind of like, she seemed to be playing both Jack and Ben against each other. And, you know, she was like real silent and, oh, I'm just a girl. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to put this bag over your head, Kate, and let's go. And, you know, giving eyes to Jack, like, let's kill Ben. And then, you know, giving eyes to Ben, like, oh, he might kill you. You know, I mean, she's she's playing her own game as well. And then you look at Danny and Sawyer and Kate and that's a whole power struggle over there as well. So I think that, you know, and then you have poor Tom Friendly, who's just like, I don't know what to do. I know the scene with the scene with Jack during the surgery when he's like, can you hear me up there? And Miss, and Friendly's like, yeah, like his reaction was like, what the fuck is going on yeah, right that now? That was awesome. <laughs> Although, you know, I so- mean, if everybody hates Ben... Why are, why is everybody trying so hard to save his life? He's unconscious well, at the moment. Well, we know that Juliet doesn't want him to recover from the surgery. Like she wants Jack to let him die on the table. And and I think what that kind of proves is that I think people it's not that people don't like Ben. I think for some odd reason which we've yet to discover in watching it's that people are afraid of him. Like he's, he is intimidating to the point where they're afraid of him. You look at Danny, you know, you look at Pickett with the whole Sawyer situation. It's not until Ben is under the gun and, or is under anesthesia and not watching that he decides to go do what he wants to do. And that's kill Sawyer. If he wanted to kill Sawyer that badly and he wasn't afraid of Ben, he would have done it while Ben was still awake. Mm Mm-hmm. But he waited until Ben was unconscious and unable to stop him to go and try and do it. And I think that's because people are legitimately afraid of Ben. But we did get a good indication as to possibly why. Mm -hmm. We got a name drop. Oh, yeah, we did. For the first time in this episode. And that's Jacob. And we, as we learn later on in the episode... Ben kind of makes himself come across as Jacob's right-hand man. So maybe it's not the fact that they're afraid of Ben. They're afraid of Jacob. Well, with good reason. And and Ben's a direct connection to Jacob. Lest we think he is. 
So, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe Ben rolls by intimidation by making everybody believe like, hey, if you don't do what I say, or Jacob told me to tell you to do this, or if you don't, if you don't listen to what I say, I'm going to tell Jacob. Like, maybe that's just it. Like, he rules with intimidation, and it makes people afraid. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that you're totally right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he, because here's the deal is that is that Danny said, Shepard's not even on Jacob's list. And he goes to kill Sawyer, who I think was on Jacob's list. Um, I can't. I thought Sawyer. I think Ford is on the list. I can't remember. Well, that's what um, I'm saying. So, but but so was and Jack. She- Shepard is definitely on the list. So why is Danny saying he, that Jack is not on Ben on uh, Jacob's list? Yeah, Jack Jacob's candidates: John Locke, Jack Shepard, Ben Linus, Kate Austin, James Ford. Charlie Pace, Juliet Burke, and Hugo Reyes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's more on that list too because we know Jin and Son are on that list. Saeed is on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe not. No, no. I'm sorry. I I stand corrected. Um, the list of characters that appear on the wall of the Cliffside Cave, which we'll get to in a further episode, um, are John Locke, Jack Shepard, Benjamin Linus, James Ford, Kate Austin, Charlie Pace, Juliet Burke, and Claire Littleton. They are the only names on the list. Say that again. Say on the on the wall. Um, the names on the wall mm-hmm. of the Cliffside Cave, which we get to, I think, in season five, are John Locke, Jack Shepard, Benjamin Linus, James Ford, Kate Austin, Charlie Pace, Juliet Burke, and Claire Littleton. Yeah. So I mean, Jack's on that list. And and so is so is uh, Sawyer. So so what the hell is Danny talking about? Maybe he's just going by what Ben told him. You know, I mean, if you if you have a list of people for a possible candidate and you know your name is on that list, why would you not want to eliminate the other people on that list so you're the one chosen? If he has such blind faith in Jacob and Jacob's cause, it doesn't matter what the, you're a candidate for. You just want to be that candidate. So you eliminate you know, you, you tell people that they're not on the list and you use them for what they're good for. So Kate and Sawyer are leveraged to get Jack to save his life. But once he saves his life, you know, Jack, you either kill Jack or get him off the island because you don't need him anymore. You eliminate him from that list. I don't know. That I mean, seems maybe like that's... An, a really bad error in judgment. Well, we never said he was smart. No. Well, and actually, we know he's smart, but but that just goes, you know, that goes into the whole how blind faith can, you know, really affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I when I say this next thing I'm about to say, please, nobody take offense to it. I'm not saying anything. Uh, you know, I don't mean it as offensive. But when you look at people with, uh, you know, overzealous religious implications, like people who are like die hard, like people who kill in the name of Christ. You know, it's a blind faith aspect. You're doing it because you believe it's something you you want to do, no matter what the no matter what it is. Um, you know, this is just another example of that. This is re- he's some ways Ben is a religious zealot to Jacob. Like it doesn't matter what the cause, what the consequences. He's just going to do what he believes is right. I, I could be way off on this. I'm just going off on a tangent. Yeah, I gosh, it's it's hard it's hard for me to like to like have 
like an opinion about this when I haven't watched the last like season or so of Lost in a really long time. Um, I'm I'm wrong, by the way. There are a number. Um, Jin and Son are also on the cave wall. Saeed is also on the cave wall, and so is uh, Hugo. They're just crossed off. Right. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that are crossed off as, as time goes on. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hurley, uh, Reyes has crossed off, but he survives. Actually, spoiler alert, he's the one that's chosen. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's it's interesting. But, you know, I, what I love about this podcast and I love about rewatching this show is that these these discussions that we have about everything that are happening, I don't get to have with myself as I'm watching. Right. You know, these are things that come up as we're talking about it and kind of get revealed as we're talking about it. Like the whole religious zealot thing, maybe Ben is doing this to cross people off the list, so he's chosen. I never thought of this while I was watching the episode. Mm-hmm. It's only until you and I start diving into conversation that I think about right, it. Right, right. So, I mean, and I'm sure our opinions are going to change as we progress forward. You know? So, but I mean, that, <laughs> I kind of went not, off I'm, on a tangent. I know, I'm so silent. I'm so sorry to anybody that's listening because I'll, I'm just, I'm buried in thought right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't think I would be, but it's, I, you know, it's, it's, what's funny is I thought this episode was a pretty straightforward episode in that we got a flashback with a disconnect. We got Ben save or Jack saving the surgery and, you know, or go, performing and in going into surgery with Ben and, rescuing kate and sawyer in the process but now that we start talking about it there's so much more to this episode than i even thought about right until we started talking about right it. and a lot of it has to do with just one throwaway line by a recurring character right and that's uh, shepherd isn't even on jacob's list right yeah which yeah, it- not only not only is he on the list but he's one of the numbers like yeah the numbers on the list. Yeah, I think he's um 23. Is he 23? Okay. Yeah. Yep, yeah, 23, Shepard. 4 is Locke, 8 is Reyes, 15 is Ford, 16 is Jira, 23 is Shepard and 42 is Quan. Yep. Yeah. Which I guess that is interchangeable. Uh, yeah, Quan I think is meant for both. Is meant for both Jin and Sun. So, Ugh. you know, and you know what's funny is we haven't even talked about and Again, I don't think there really is much to talk about um, when it comes to uh, Locke and the burying of Echo. Uh, Other than look, lift your eyes up and look north. Yes. I, I, I really think that's the only thing worth mentioning uh, in, in that part of the episode. And I don't even really know if there's an, a reveal as to what that means. You know, we, we get lot we get Locke saying like, you know, he's thanking Mr. Echo for helping him find his way, or at least that's what he's about to say until he reads that on his staff. Mm-hmm. And it makes him come to another realization that we don't know what it is yet. Because You it's- know what's interesting? I'm so sorry. Go no, ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know what's really interesting about that whole scene though, is that I didn't realize that not everybody has seen the smoke monster. It's still very limited um, in who's seen it. I 
it surprises me with all the time that Saeed has spent in the jungle that he has not seen it. Well, we've we've had more people interact or be chased by the smoke monster than have actually seen it. I think Echo and Locke are really the only ones. Um, Has anybody else actually what? seen the smoke monster? I, I thought that a lot more. I thought Jack and Kate have seen the smoke monster. I thought Sawyer had seen it. I thought that uh, Walt and and Michael had seen it. So I, I at this point, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, if somebody would like to tell me, uh, you know, please message us and let me well, know because I, I ser- seriously, that was the big surprise for me for this episode was that Saeed was like. What was that that killed Locke or that killed Echo? And I'm th- sitting and thinking to myself, what? What? Well, but here's the thing, though. Like, it depends because if you look at it, it depends on how you look at it. If you look at the smoke monster as an actual tangible physical smoke monster, I think Locke and Echo are the only two people who have seen it. If you look at the smoke monster as in it can take any form, a la Christian Shepherd, a black horse, I think there are more people who have seen it than just Locke and Echo. But you look at, you know, j- as just the physical smoke monster. I think Lecko and Lecko. That that's Lecko. That's cute. <laughs> I think Echo and Locke are the only two people at this point who have seen it. I think again, people have been chased by it, but they've never turned back to look at it. They've just well, run. Echo is the one that. Ac- no, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that character that I just mentioned <laughs> was, <laughs> um, not only did he, um, see it, but he stared it down more than once. And the first time the smoke monster was like, all right, later. And then the second time the smoke monster is like, no, bitch, you're dead. Well, John Locke has also stared into it too. That's true. And he's also been, had, different experiences with the smoke monster he has stared it down but he's also been pulled into a potential tree stump yeah but again too let's not forget that he told echo what he saw as a black smoke monster was white light so people see this differently that's a good point and i don't think it's ever revealed what echo how echo saw it because he never talked about it and the last time he got to talk about it, it was it killed him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we never actually get re- the reveal of what Echo saw the black smoke monster as. I think the black smoke monster is what is meant to. I think that's more that form is more for the viewer than it is for the character. Like they needed a form for the viewer to see it as and understand that this is what we're seeing. But for each character that sees it, they see it differently. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah, you're right. And I I think that you're right on about that. I mean, you know, the smoke monster is what the smoke monster wants. Maybe the smoke monster is the island's tester. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Because again, you know, John Locke saw it as white light. Uh, Hugo saw it as Dave. Jack saw it as Christian Shepherd. Kate saw it as a horse. 
Um, Sawyer. No, I don't think Sawyer saw it as the warthog. I think the warthog was real. <laughs> um, I, so it was a boar. It was a boar. Sorry. Um, it wasn't Pumbaa in the jungle. Because <laughs> then it, it needed a meerkat on its back. Um, it did. <laughs> oh, we mow it. Um, so I think more people have actually seen the black smoke monster than we think. They've just seen it in different ways. So yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with that. You know, I would agree with that. Um, I feel I feel like I'm just like the worst co-host today because everything you're saying is putting me into like these little thought bubbles. And then I'm like, oh, I have to talk. Hello. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> totally fine because I'm I'm the same way. Like, I feel like every time like you you start talking about something, I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. What do I have to say about that? Uh, right. Exactly. So it's, this is a really fun podcast. I hope you guys are all enjoying <laughs> both of our silences and uh happening. It's really it's top notch podcasting right here. But it just go but it, it goes to show you though that every once in a while you're gonna get those episodes that are a lot deeper than you anticipated them ever being. And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes relaying that conversation with somebody else in order to understand it a little bit better. And and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we're trying to accomplish with this podcast because there are people out there who, again, didn't feel like the direction of the show was headed in a good direction. They didn't kind of understand the the series finale. They didn't like it for some for some reason. And I think the 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 main objective of this podcast, other than you and I getting to just talk about this show that a series that we loved and mm-hmm. kind of share that with everybody who's listening, is we kind of want to give people our audience that kind of relay to listen Mm -hmm. to. And this is one of the reasons why we want feedback from our listeners too, because we want you to be part of that relay. Yeah, I would agree. I absolutely would agree with that. Um, uh, So go for it. (laughs) Let's talk about the end. Oh, you mean my, my favorite part of it, of this entire series. It, I was going to say, it's up there for me as well. It's it's one of the greatest ending scenes ever. I mean, I just, I mean, how many times have we seen it and you're still like, your heart is, my heart was pounding. I mean, you see Sawyer drop to his knees and you see Kate screaming and pleading for his life. And, I, you know, th- there, there was a time where I was like, what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I, I was I, nervous for Sawyer. <laughs> I, I have read a number of fan blogs on Lost since doing this podcast. And one of the common themes about this episode that I've read in no lie, almost every fan blog is that for the final two to three minutes of this episode, no notes were taken because mm-hmm. they are deeply engrossed in this scene. Like what the hell is going on? What is going to happen? And just when you think you might figure something out, fade to black, lost. And that's the end of it. Well, yeah, my last two notes are Danny goes to kill Sawyer. Kate, damn it, run. Yeah. That that was it. (laughs) Doesn't matter how many times I've seen this episode. I get chills watching the last two minutes. Mm -hmm. I get deeply engrossed. And every time it fades to black... After Kate, damn it, run. Even though I know it's coming, the arm, the hair on my arms is standing, 
And I let out a nervous giggle every time because it's still no matter how many times I've seen this episode, how many times it pisses me off that I had to wait four months for the show to return. It is still one of the most climactic and and anxious ridden scenes from the entire series of the show. Mm hmm. I would agree with that. Still it's, holds it, that to this day. Brilliantly written. Really, really well done. Really well done. And, you know, you see Jack, because, you know, Jack does turn into an asshole for a little bit of this episode. And you're like, hey, Jack, you're a dick. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for always proving me right. Um, but then at the end, it's like it's the beginning of the turn. It really Jack. is. Yeah. Jack is making a decision n for Kate. I mean, I don't know, probably not for Sawyer, but definitely for Kate, you know? It's like, Kate, get out of there now, you know? And he uses his power, like we said, the power str struggle that happened throughout this whole episode. He used the last bit of power that he had with Ben on the table to get Kate out of there. Well, you have to realize, too, there's probably a thought in Jack's head at this point that I made a deal with Ben that if I saved his life, I get off this island. But if I do this, there's a chance that deal won't happen anymore. So, you know, I think to a degree, while you're right, there's some elements of Jack where he's being kind of a dick. This this ending, you're right, absolutely is that turn in Jack. Uh, and it's the turn we've been waiting for for Jack to become, you know, more self-serving, more and not self-serving um selfless more selfless and like you're right he has a deal on the table but if he, if he saves ben's life literally yeah exactly i didn't even mean it in that way um you know when he saves ben's life and ben finds out that he used it at, to get kate and sawyer out of there there's a chance he's probably not leaving the island now um he you're it's a very selfless act from Jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. But it could also, I mean, it could also be what you were saying. It's his last his last chance to maybe even save Kate's life because if he is going to leave the island and he thinks that leaving the island means that he's going home, then that's the last thing that he's going to do for Kate. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's it's one of those situations too where like, yes, like Kate and Sawyer are able to run, but at the same time, and it's probably nothing he thought of at the time, because why would you? You're you you see you have an opportunity, you're gonna take it without thinking too deeply about the consequences because you're you're just so deeply engrossed in the moment. Yes, you allow Kate and Sawyer to run, but these people know where everybody is at. Like there's nothing that says they just can't go back and take them again once Jack leaves the island. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a temporary relief. It's a temporary escape. Well, and Jack doesn't understand that she can run all she wants, but she has to swim two miles. Well, because because Sawyer's find the only a boat. Sawyer's the only one that not, that has as privy to this information at this point. Right. 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 You know, so, um, yeah, but that the final moments of this episode still to this day, I I say how much I love to hate them, but it's still. If you look at top moments of uh, of this series, it's in my top five. Mm -hmm. I would agree. It's it's 
it's one of the it's one of like when people say talk about lost it's it's kate saying i yes jack i remember um the pouring rain gun to sawyer's head ben's on the table jack screaming into a walkie it has it has all the elements of just perfect chaos and suspense and the emotion in in uh in tom friendly when he's talking to Danny to get Danny to pick up the walkie. I really like Tom Friendly. I love Tom <laughs> Friendly. I love MC Ganey. It's my as favorite an, other. <laughs> as an actor. I, well, because I think Tom Friendly is. Friendly? Well, yeah. I think he's the personification of what these people think they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ben is the, the personification of what they really are. And I, I think Tom really That's a honestly. very astute observation. Right? I, I think he. He, he kind of feels like they're doing good and just not really. I think, I think Tom is kind of not in on the entire situation. Like, I think he's kind of, he's in the inner circle, but he's on the outskirts of that inner circle. Like he doesn't know everything that happens. And he honestly believes that what they're doing is for a good cause. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, yeah, I think Tom Friendly is a, is a personification of what the people believe they are, whereas Ben is the personification of what they actually are. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of in a sense yin and yang to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I got to get MC Ganey on the podcast because I want to talk to Tom Friendly. I really like him. He's a good guy. Yeah, he'd be fun at a convention. He would be. Oh, he's on my list. Don't worry. He is already on my list. Um, uh, any final notes before? No, actually. The only other thing I have on my notes is we get that Sawyer and Kate moment uh, with the two of them oh, together in the cage. They get down and dirty. <laughs> Every um, woman in America in that scene is like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. It is what it is. It's it's Gosh, pretty self-explanatory. He's, yeah, he's he's. They're both. That was. They always had good chemistry. I like those two together. And you know what's funny is you know we we talk a lot about Sawyer and his character and the changes that he makes and how he's probably one of the two or three characters that makes the biggest. Uh, he has the biggest character growth as we go through. But you know, Josh Holloway himself as an actor is. He's such a fantastic actor, and I wish we got to see him more. And I'm not just talking about Colony and and such. Um, oh, Colony I know, is so good. I, I know it breaks your heart that the show ended. That actually hurt my heart for you to say that. I I want to see Josh Holloway in more stuff. I do too, and I don't understand why he isn't in more stuff. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't get it either. Um, you know, I loved seeing him in the the Mission Impossible movie in which he unfortunately dies in the first five minutes. Um, I was so excited to see him too. I was like, oh, yay. And then when he died, I'm like, come on. I loved seeing him in uh, two episodes of Community, which is a TV show that I absolutely, which is a, a, uh, a sitcom that I absolutely love. And that he played a cowboy during a paintball game, which I love it. Uh, I know he's on the new show Yellowstone. Yep, that's it's yep, that's what it says. Which I, I need to watch because he's in he's coming into the third season, which I don't think is aired yet. I think they're still in the second season right now. 
So I could be wrong about that. Um, Let me see. It's yeah. Said, uh, episode three, uh, season three airs June seventeenth of twenty twenty. So it has not aired yet. But since Colony, it's the only thing he's been he's been announced for, which kind of sucks. Gosh, Colony was so good. I'm still pretty upset about that. I want to dive into that because it's him. I still haven't watched the last episode. But and that's another reason why I don't know if I want to is because I hate binge watching shows that I know don't have an ending. Yeah, this one, this one, like, I I don't think that it really truly has an ending either. And if it does, if it's the ending that I think happens, it was not being set up as an ending to the series. It was it, it was because the third season was the best season. It was the best season of all three of them. Like they had really, really found their stride and for that show to get canceled and then not come back. And then I met Sarah Wayne Callie's last year and I told her how much I just loved colony. And uh, she basically told me, yeah, it's not ever coming back. That that's, that's done. And I'm like, oh. that's a shame. Yeah. That really, really broke my heart. Yeah, that really is a shame. That really sucks. But I mean, hey, maybe we can work on getting him on the podcast too. And uh and we can tell him how much we want to see him in other projects. He's so good. He's really <laughs> good. But I think, you know, he think that he's also just like a normal family guy, you know? I, yeah. And that's that's one of the other reasons why I just I I kind of love him as an actor is I think mm-hmm. I've never heard a bad thing about him. Um, you know, you've never heard anything negative about people who have an opportunity to meet him and had bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just seems like he's like he just seems like somebody who's just enjoys the career that he has, whether it's successful or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, just and just goes along for the ride. And yeah, I think that's what makes him awesome. Now that we've gushed on Josh Holloway for a while. Let's get to listener feedback. <laughs> yeah, because I think we're I think we're pretty much done with the episode. Uh, as far I mean, as that we goes. can talk about Josh Holloway for like ten more minutes. That's fine. Well, I like the idea too of every once in a while we should do like a character and actor spotlight. Yeah, uh, I really like that. Let's start with Josh Holloway. <laughs> we kind of already did it, but we can do a fuller episode. Uh, that was not even a little bit long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but yeah, I think may- maybe we're going to put a poll on the Facebook page to see, let people vote like what character they want us to do the first spotlight on. And we'll, and we'll do that every once in a while. You let me know how that poll goes. <laughs> <laughs> I know since you're not on Facebook anymore. I'm not, no. Um, but I, I am on Twitter. <laughs> you are. You're heavy on Twitter right now, which is like surprising me. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter at all. I think the only time I'm ever on Twitter is like I, I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to to do some like uh, selfless, uh, selfless uh, um Name drops. Shameless p- promotion. Whatever. Yeah, uh, to do some cheap name drops. Because, I mean, over the years of doing cons and interviews like that, I've actually become friends with a, a number of celebrities. And I, Twitter is basically my main go-to with them. I follow them and I respond and interact with them on Twitter. And that's really all I do on Twitter. I do other stuff on Twitter. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I just I follow I get notifications anytime any of my celebrity friends post something and it's usually 
me go the only time I ever do anything to, on Twitter is when I go back and I interact and like reply and comment and stuff like that. Um, but the cool thing about it is I, I usually always get likes and replies. So it's it's fun. Yay. But let's jump into listener feedback. As you mentioned, uh, again, we talk about these relays uh, of conversations. We encourage all of our listeners out there to give us feedback as the episodes progress. If you're ahead of us in episodes, please still send us that feedback and we will save it until we get to that episode. It is perfectly yeah. fine if you're ahead. Um, or send, just send like one or two sentences. That's fine. I don't we don't need like a whole thing. You can just send us, you know, three sentences, four words. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> well, that's I fine. Mean, that's kind of hurtful, <laughs> but if that's how you feel, send it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, so multiple ways you can leave us feedback. Uh, first and foremost, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We're kind of on Twitter. <laughs> Are we Twitter I, or Instagram? We're kind of on Instagram. We're you not on Twitter. We should create a Twitter since you're on Twitter a lot. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to create a Twitter this week. And we'll make it the same as the Instagram. I'm, we'll make it lost. Why, is that pod. even how you say it? I'm going to create a Twitter. <laughs> a Twitter account. Okay. Uh, and we'll, if we can do it, um, lost revisited pod on Twitter as well. Yeah. So we'll say okay. Instagram and Twitter. You know what? We haven't used the Instagram in a while. Let's just eliminate the Instagram. Um, and we'll just make it Twitter. So. Okay, it's not that we haven't used it. It's that we don't know the password. Like, let's be honest, okay? We don't know the password. We have forgotten it. Instagram completely logged me out of that account. I can't get back in. And I've had, like, a reset your password email sent to our to our email, but I don't think that we've gotten it. So I'm, I'm lost. Ha ha, right. I'm lost. So let's just say we're on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I'm and by the time you're hearing today. this, you will be. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to create it today, and I'm, and it's going to be great. Okay, yeah, because you're on Twitter a lot more than I am, so you can handle the the Twitter aspect. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Continuing on, uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail And if you want to leave us a message, you can do that by sending us uh, a recording of your voice by email, by uh, Facebook DM. If you have our phone numbers, text it to us. You say that every week, every episode. And I may, it makes me feel like we have to give out our numbers. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. No, if you have our phone numbers. <laughs> if, yeah, if you have. There our are numbers, people yeah. that listen to this that have our phone numbers. Very true. So, so yeah. Multiple Looking at you, Jill. <laughs> who we know listens and has yet to give us feedback. I know, except she texts me every single week and she's like, hey, why wasn't I mentioned for Rhode Island Comic Con? Because I'm going to mention you right now, Jill, Rhode <laughs> Island Comic Con. If you want to see Jill Moreau, Morrow, Joe Morrow at Rhode Island Comic Con, she'll be there. Yes, I was almost there, but I will be there next year. <laughs> so anyway, listener feedback. Uh, we have a number of, of uh, we have two voicemails and an email to get to. What do you want to do first? You want to do our voicemails? I'm going to read the email because I have okay. it up. Okay, let's do that. It's from Des. Hi, Des. You're amazing and I love you. Hey, guys. <laughs> missed you. So glad you're back. I'm just going to do a top five on I do. Otherwise, I'm going to ramble on. Five. 
Kate's flashback. Nathan Fillion, awesome. Kate's wig, why? (laughs) At least she tamed it down for the wedding. I liked her wig, but okay. (laughs) Number four, Jack was a complete and utter dick to Kate. Okay, this is huge, by the way, for anybody that has not listened. This is huge coming from this man. I'm just telling you. (laughs) I know he's under a lot of stress, but when he starts yelling at her from his fish tank, I had to agree at this moment. Jack is the worst. <laughs> oh, oh, Des. <laughs> Number three, Puckett. Pickett. Jack Pickett. I, I call he him says, Danny. He says Puckett, but it's Pickett. I call him Danny. Yeah. Uh, Jack wasn't even on Jacob's list. Am I missing something? Was there another list? Yeah, I think that you know that Ben and I were also confused by this yeah. <laughs> at this point. Uh, number two, Kate to Mars. I know you don't want to spend the rest of your life chasing me, and that's exactly what he did. Number one, Touché. yeah, I know Jack was a dick to Kate, but he goes, he does save Kate and Sawyer from the operating room, and he then he shouts Ben's favorite line of all time, <laughs> "Kate, damn it, run!" Yeah. Okay. That's out of the way. A little bit about the cost of living. I did love Juliet's clever television trick, but. Could she really have pulled it off? Honestly, my big concern was the poster board. Half the time when I needed it for my kids for school, the stores would be out. I actually agree with this. Where did she find it? It's always at the dollar store. Anybody who needs that hot little tip, always at the dollar store. Um, I think it's a dollar store, dollar tree. I think it's dollar store. Anyways, it's there. Lots and lots of poster board. Um, where did she find it? I know... There were classrooms in the Dharma Initiative, but she would have to sneak those giant pieces of poster board out, and everybody's always watching everybody there. This is kind of the stupid thing that keeps me from sleeping at night. (laughs) Also, one thing you guys talked about was Echo's death by Shadow Monster. Both of you agree, I think, that he was killed because he was being tested to protect the island. I think I said this before, but it doesn't make sense that the smoke monster was testing people, trying to find someone to control so that he could one day get off the island. Echo, no, stop it, um, <laughs> proved that he could not be controlled, therefore useless to him. Just my opinion. I will look. I rambled on anyways. Hopefully we won't have to wait for your next. So, like, hopefully we won't <laughs> have to wait for your next episode like we had to wait after the writer's strike. Sorry, yeah. well, you did. <laughs> it's been two weeks. Sorry. Sorry. Life, you know what, guys? Life gets in the way sometimes. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. So, uh, but thanks for the uh, the email, Des. Uh, it's nice to see that he agreed with us for once that Jack is the worst. But again, Jack he, is the worst. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did mention, too, as we did in the discussion, that, you know, yes, while he was a dick earlier on, he, he does step up and kind of makes that change to save Kate and Sawyer. So it's going to be interesting to see where Jack's character goes from this point on. Yeah, because we don't know. No. (laughs) Um, So uh, with that being said, we have two voicemails to listen to as well. Uh, Our first comes from our friend Steve Brown. And we'll play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. Uh, Welcome back. Glad everybody's safe and sound after. I think I might have already said that in my last email. But anyway, it's still still good to hear that you guys (laughs) are all doing well. We finally get to see Kate's short marriage from, I think it was season one or season two when they were doing that old drinking game. And uh, that was a cold line, Jack, that uh, you won't have to be disappointed for long to Ben. And, uh, you know, do you think anything happens 
and that hash that's out of Ben's control. I mean, obviously, when he's on the table there at the end, that's all out of his control. But uh, I just wonder if the rest of the stuff in there is always something happening that he's totally in control of. And uh, this is the first mention we have of Jacob, I believe, and his list. Now, I know earlier Ben had said, I want lists of people, but or an earlier in the season, he said he wanted a list of people. But I think this is the first time we have a mention of Jacob's particular specific list. And I thought it was interesting. I don't think I ever realized Jack was always on that list, though, wasn't he? Because uh, Pickett <laughs> says he's not on Jacob's list. So I'm not I'm a little confused by that. Maybe you guys can help me remember how that works. Okay, nope. just a short one this week, but I sent in uh, one about Jack and Locke earlier. So I'll talk to you later. Yeah, it seems like everybody was pretty confused by that. Uh, that it has mention. to be a writer error. I I don't know. Is it a writer error or is it something that again they they set up, um, you know, for future discussion about Ben lying to his own people? Maybe Gemma knows. That's true. Maybe she does. Let's listen to her voicemail now to find out. Oh, by the way, thanks, Steve. Uh, but here's Gemma's voicemail. Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Gemma calling from South Wales. Feedback about my favorite episode of Lost. <laughs> I do. Um, I do love this episode because it's Kate's episode. And um, there's a lovely moment between her and Sawyer that I think at the time I was just so excited about because I was a really big Kate and Sawyer shipper, as I've said before. But it was like a really amazing moment between them, I thought. And it's just something that kind of propelled their relationship forward. But something that was kind of really hard for Jack to witness and for Ben to use as leverage to get him to do the operation. But in Kate's other flashback life, where she's married to... um, Kevin, which is Caleb from Buffy, <laughs> Nathan Fillion. It's kind of like um, this alternate. Like she wants to be this person who's married to a police officer, which is kind of ironic because she's on the run for murder. But she wants to have this life, but she just can't maintain it. And the phone call to the marshal, you know, he's like, "You will, you'll run eventually." Which she she does. She can't live this kind of life with a person who's kind of jack in a way the kind of person that she should be with and this episode shows that he's not the person again that she chooses she chooses sawyer well you know for the meantime anyway but because sawyer is someone that she's got more in common with and you know more of a a connection i think because even when off the island it's too many spoilers but it doesn't really work out between her and jack ever because of his issues and then her, she still has loyalty to Sawyer even off the island. And I think, you know, there's only there's only a few moments between them, you know, that her and Jack that are quite, you know, nice and genuine. Their relationship is turbulent, even though he does love her. I think they do love each other and they are soulmates, according to the end of Lost. But, you know, I think, I think for her, for me her and Sawyer's relationship is always more real and Sawyer's love for Kate is always more genuine even though you know they move him forward with Juliet which I was never really on board with I know what other people are um 
yeah and the end you know a few minutes like damn it kate run there's like you know that's really good yeah it's just one of my favorite episodes and i and i love kate um i don't this is a bit personal but i was such a big lost fan you know back in the day that i named my first son charlie james <laughs> and then oh recently with my daughter i just called her caitlin so, because I kind of have to have a lost name, every one of my kids' names. I know I'm sad, but there you go. So anyway, this is my feedback from uh, Lost, and I look forward to the podcast, and I hope you're all okay from the hurricane and things, and um, I'll see you soon. Thanks, bye. That is so cute. That's not sad at all that she, you know, that she named her kids off of those characters. That's, that's I love really it. cool. I love it. I have walking dead animals, so I get it. I mean, their I have, animals aren't my children, but. <laughs> I have Boondock Saints cats, so. See, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my cats are Connor and Murphy from the Boondock Saints. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's. it's. Yeah, but Murphy is not, that's not the right name for you, that cat. No, everybody calls her Cardi B. Uh, <laughs> Cardi B. Oh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I hate that you made that correlation between my cat and Cardi B because I can't stand Cardi B. It's so true, though. Oh, my gosh. If you spend any time with this cat, I'm like, that's the cat breathing. Yeah. I've never heard anything like it before. Oh, God. But no, thanks, Gemma, for for that. And that's not sad at all that you have that connection with the show. I mean, anybody who shares that kind of connection with anything, you know, more power to you. And, you know, we're glad that you had that love for the show that you can name your kids. How many people have named their kids like Bella after Twilight and Khalid? Yeah, it's, you know, that happens all the time. It's not. It's nothing. My daughter's name is Danny, and a lot of people thought that I named her Daenerys, and I keep having to tell people, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> her name is Danielle, but we do call her <laughs> Danny. So, well, it would have been awesome if you named her Daenerys. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> but I didn't watch my first episode. I didn't know about Game of Thrones until she was two weeks old. Yeah. So enough. So. Well, you could have made you could have told people. No, I named her after I absolutely named her after Danny. I named her that after wouldn't Danny's. go so well now, would it? No, 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 probably not. Um, so next episode uh, that we're going to be talking about is episode seven of season three, not in Portland, which is when the show returned from its three to four month hiatus. Um, and it is, if I remember correctly, I think is a. Oh, God, I don't remember whose flashback it is, hang to be on. honest. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Not in Portland. I'm on the I want to say wiki. Juliet. It is Juliet Burke. I was right. All right. Is this the first one we get? of? This is the first flashback we get of Juliet. Yeah, this is this. We learn why she's on the island. Yes. Um. Uh, this is also an episode that I enjoy because somebody that I know, not personally, but somebody who I've met a number of times and have actually worked with uh, in being an extra in his show makes a special guest appearance in this episode. And that is uh, Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mac, 
from Always Sunny has a small role in this series, in this episode, because he was a big fan of Lost and the writers gave him a part. Aha. So I had to look at his face just now. Now I know. Oh, to see who he was? Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. I have I've worked with Rob a couple times as an extra. I've I've been an extra on Always Sunny about four times. So um, I've I've run into him a number of times. He's an awesome dude. So it was a lot of fun seeing him pop up mm, on cool. the show, if even just for a couple minutes. So, but that being said, uh, I think that's pretty much wraps it up for the discussion of this episode. Anything that you kind of want to share with people? Uh, as far as like a recommendation for something else before we wrap? Yes. Yes. I do have a recommendation and it's to watch Prodigal Son. I watched the first two episodes this week and I genuinely love this show. Like I really miss Tom Payne on Walking Dead a lot. So I was going to watch the show anyways um, just to get my Tom Payne fix because I just I love him so much and I miss his character Jesus so much on Walking Dead. But this show, it sets up as like your typical, oh, a weird genius who works for the NYPD with all of these other cops. And, you know, like everything, everything is like this formula that I think just works for television right now. But they threw in some twists and some genuine surprises that I actually became really engaged with the story and Tom Payne's character. Um like immediately. And after the second episode, I just thought that the second episode was even just as solid as the pilot. And so I'm, I'm hooked. I'm in, I'm excited. Yeah. It's two episodes in. It's one that I definitely want to watch. I haven't had an opportunity. I might actually watch it today actually while I'm editing. Um, but yeah, it's one I've been looking forward to because I I love the the idea that Tom Payne's character is the son of a convicted serial killer. And well, one of the most one of the most prolific serial killers in history. That's how yeah. it's set up. And um, I just I highly recommend watching it. I don't want to give away too much because I went into it thinking I don't know what this is. Tom Payne's in it. That sounds great. Um. And then last night, we also watched Stumptown um, with Kobe Smolders and um, Jake Johnson, who played Nick Miller on New Girl. And um, this other actor who I forget his name, but he played a character named Darwin something or other on Sleeper Cell, which if anybody ever watched Sleeper Cell like a long time ago, it was a great series. And um, I was really excited to see him. Cameron Mannheim is also in it. Um, it's got a really solid cast. It's really fun. It's got some heart to it, which is nice. Um, the lead character of Colby Smulders is actually really, um, she's a really interesting character. And it's it's kind of cool to see um, a new spin on, on a character that I think has been done by men a lot, but hasn't been done by women um, very much, if at all. So I'm excited about that show as well. I'm interested in it purely for the sake of seeing Jake Johnson in a drama. He's still a bartender. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Which I thought was funny. I go, hey, look, he has a background in bartending acting. <laughs> he can he can pull off being a bartender no matter what he yeah. does. He did it for seven seasons on New Girl. <laughs> um I don't know if it's a movie you've ever seen before, but ha- this is going on a, f- on a Jake Johnson tangent. But have you ever seen the movie Let's Be Cops? 
No. With it's him and um oh god, the other guy from uh from New Girl. Um uh Damon Wayne Jr. Oh, okay. Yeah, where they that basically, you know, in the movie called Let's Be Cops, they pretend to be cops. Nick they and basically Coach. they basically buy an old cop car and just pretend to be police officers. Oh my gosh, and it is, I have to watch it. It's a scream. It I is so damn it. funny. I love Especially the two of them. I love Jake Johnson so much. I just love him so much. I think he's wonderful. Um and there was something else that I wanted to oh, and for anybody that has uh kids like I do, I have a seven year old a six year old and a seven year old and my seven year old is turning eight um shortly. We my daughter and I just had a girls weekend and we watched all three descendants movies in a How row. How were they? Amazing. You know, the first one is real cheesy. It's like, because they're all TV movies, right? But yeah. the story is really good. And I think that they were not expecting it to blow up the way that it did because the second and third one, you can clearly see had their budget doubled. Um, It's fun. The music is super catchy. I find myself listening to the music even when my kids are not in the car. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're movies that kind of caught my attention simply because I've, I've heard a lot about them. I've never seen them. Um, and I've had, a num- like, I, again, a number of people talked about them. But what caught my eye was the fact that they're TV movies based off the children of Disney villains. Yes. Yeah. Which I find really intriguing because of the fact that Disney villains, to me, are always more intriguing than the heroes. Well, so the whole thing is like a whole new generation because it it sets up the whole story as, you know, Belle and Beast have united all of the kingdoms and uh, they are the king and queen of the United Kingdom. So like Cinderella's kingdom and Sleeping Beauty's kingdom and uh, Aladdin's kingdom, all, like all of them have all been united under this one place called... Um, Oridon. Oridon. Um, I keep wanting to say Oregon, but it's Oridon. <laughs> um, and then they stuck all of the villains of all of the kingdoms on this island and created a magical barrier so that they couldn't get off and magic can't be used because they're all magical evil villains, right? And so they've all had their own like little generation of life on this island, which means everybody's had babies and everybody's grown up there. And like, it's just... It's such a creative, you know, Disney, in my opinion, if if I hear Disney, I know it's going to be well done. You just know it's going to be well done, even if it's made for TV. It's Disney, you know. Um, so, uh, we, you know, we, I watched, Dan, my, my daughter was like, I don't know. I said, let's give it 10 minutes. And we stayed up until almost midnight watching all three of them <laughs> in a row. I will definitely, I will have to check them out then because that's. Again, I've heard enough about them, and now your uh, going off on them too is makes me want to. And I think unfortunately, and you know, Cameron Boyce, that- Cameron yeah. Boyce, one of the lead characters, he died uh, before the third one even came out, and so you know we have a lot of kids in our neighborhood, and there are a lot of real sad kids. And then the Descendants three came out, and I guess it was hard for some of the kids to watch. And I'm like, oh, that's like that's like the Dark Knight for us. <laughs> oh, with Heath Ledger, yeah. 
So yeah, it's I, I'm gonna have to check them out. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was a up. lot of recommendations, but it's been two weeks. Nope. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple from me real quick. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we have that Still Afraid of the Dark podcast that's still going on right now, and we've had an absolute blast doing it. Um, so far, there have been, by the time you're hearing this, there have been five chapters released out of nine, so still four to go. Uh, our most recent chapter is The Tale of Jack, in which we talk about goosebumps and a house with a clock in its walls, which uh, we call it The Tale of Jack because these are two Jack Black films that we both went into surprisingly pleasantly surprised with how good we actually enjoyed them because mm-hmm. we did we thought they were movies we thought were going to be kind of cheesy and dumb and we ended up really enjoying them both oh good uh, <clears throat> some uh the future chapters we have though we have um our the tale of the witches brew uh, the tale of the witches which is all about the witches and hocus pocus because you can't do a Halloween po- uh, podcast without talking about Hocus Pocus. No. We have the... Oh, God. What are the other three? We have... I'm currently downloading them all right now. Uh, oh. Um, uh, ooh, what, oh, the tale, of, the tale of the Classics, which is Monster Squad and Young Frankenstein, which was a blast to record because Young Frankenstein is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, the... Oh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, I think. No, Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride are two. And then our season finale is The Addams Family, which we're going to talk about the original with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia and the new animated movie that's coming out in a couple weeks. Excellent. Uh, the next the art, level Your network, artwork's very good, too. I did that. You like that? Yeah, I do very much. Uh, the next level network.com slash still afraid is where you can find um, the links to all the, like the Spotify, Google, Apple, or I think you can just go into the I go into iTunes and search still afraid of the dark and it'll come up. Awesome. Hey, Ben. So, yeah. Do you have another podcast that might be coming up along the same <laughs> lines? <laughs> well, we're we're talking about it. Are um, Are we? <laughs> we we're, we're discussing it uh, in that we might adapt this format to do it for Christmas movies. Woo-hoo! Uh, and it might be you and I doing it, which really? I think is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really so excited. We, gotta, we, have to, we have to get together and talk about that because if we are going to do it, we have to start recording relatively soon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, because we want to get them done and posted as leading up to Christmas. So Yes. Uh, but yeah, well, you and I will get together soon this week or next to, to kind of figure it out and put together a schedule and such. Uh, but I do know that our mix master for our mixologist for Still Afraid of the Dark, who does all that because every episode of Still Afraid of the Dark, we do a signature drink. Uh, I've already discussed it with him, and he said he is absolutely willing to do drinks for us for the Christmas one, too. Yay! Oh, that's so excited. I'm really excited yes. about this. <laughs> um, but the other podcast I did want to bring up is the DC Primetime podcast that I do with uh, Rob, who's the mixologist for Still Afraid of the Dark, and my co-host for Still Afraid of the Dark. I bring this one up because this is the podcast that talks about all the DC shows, The Flash, Legends, Arrow, Supergirl, uh, and Batwoman, which is premiering. Uh, all of the shows are returning in uh next week so our podcast is returning to full weekly format discussing these shows next week as well that's awesome so so if you watch these shows and you want to hear us talk about those shows every week uh dc primetime is the name of that podcast okay 
I think that's it because we've done a lot of recommendations and a lot of talk. Yes, about sir. The, uh, the podcast. So again, next episode, we're going to talk about Not in Portland, the seventh episode of season three. Uh, again, apologies for the breaks we've been taking for the last couple weeks. Things just kind of get kind of crazy in life. We're kind of hoping it's settling down now and we'll be back to business. Uh, I know we said that two weeks ago, but apologies for taking the break again. Uh, we thank you guys so much for sticking with us and being patient. Um, but that's really all I can say. Yep. Is, uh, just thanks for sticking with us and being a part of this this journey as we, we continue on with it. That being said, uh, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Oh, 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 We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs> <laughs>